please stay right where you are because it's time for GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no compromise voice for gun owners. Stay tuned for valuable information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. And now, your host for GeorgiaCarry.org radio, Doug and Jesse King. Welcome, everybody. You're listening to the GeorgiaCarry.org radio hour. And this week, Jesse had a, a topic that was really pressing on her mind, something that, that she's been struggling with this week and wanting to really get into concerning the shooting that we discussed last week and the things that have been going on in the past in this country. And as we look at you know the, some of the disturbing trends, one thing that has been brought up that I heard this week was that the number of mass shootings has, got, has basically tripled since the year 2000, that this is becoming a, a more and more frequent event in American history and, and in American culture. And then we hear our president say things like, no other civilized nation has mass shootings like we do. But this is really not the case, is it, Jess? Well, no. I mean, there there was a mass shooting, was it last year in Australia, mm-hmm. where it was a Muslim terrorist? Attacking a, a chocolatier? Yeah, and then yeah, there was the Charlie Hebdo things in France. Yes. And then we also have you know, ISIS beheading Christians daily. Mass, mass in murder. Masses, mass genocide of Christians in those countries. And those people, even the ones that aren't Christians, are so scared to be there that they're leaving their country in droves and going other places. Mm-hmm. And I say, no, it's not just a, a simply American thing. And the, the shooting that happened at the Oregon College last week uh, was targeting Christians as well. Yeah, but you don't, you, Obama doesn't m- mention that. He has not mentioned that in, in a single one of his um, press conferences or anything. The shooting in South Carolina targeted Christians? And he went and sang Amazing Grace to those people, but they, they share a racial background. Well, you know, regardless of your politics, I, I see a trend here. I see something that's very prominent trending here in the way that these attacks are happening. And, you know, the first mass shooting that I remember was in California where a kindergarten was attacked and and a whole bunch of, of young toddlers were shot up. And the reason that that was targeted was because it was a Jewish school. That was, what, 1983? I believe so. Okay, well, there was one before then um, that I actually posted on the GeorgiaCarry.org radio hour um, Facebook page yesterday. And it said... Um, about Kent State University and the Kent State Massacre. And that was actually done by our own military well, to people State that were National Guard, protesting. Is, well, the National Guard is a, a branch of the Army. But not not really. The National Guard is, is a, a political – I mean, it's controlled by the governors, not by the president. So, I mean, it, it is a military force, but it is not part of the United States military. It's the National Guard it's under the control of the governor. It's attacked by our own government. By by the state government, and they were they were peacefully demonstrating the Vietnam War, and they were massacred. And the president at that time said that the whole situation was just uncalled for. That that like nine were wounded and four were killed, mm-hmm. and it was just very sad. And and you know we get the liberals say, well, there's never been a time when. You don't, Americans you don't have been be, attacked on their own soil. You don't need to be afraid of your government. When does the government ever, 
you know, harmed American citizens. And you just kind of gloss over the entire idea of Kent State, of right. the concentration camps in World War II where Japanese Americans were rounded up. And put in know, concentration camps and the, kept the, away from their families. And I mean, the, the, the actions of our government over the years are not exemplary, and it doesn't inspire any greater trust. I'm not saying that you should distrust, but it doesn't inspire any greater trust than I have in any other person around me. And, you know, this is why I carry a gun, is I carry a gun because I don't trust the people around me to behave as normal citizens and normal civilized human beings, and I don't trust my government to behave that way either. I carry a gun because you never know when it's going to happen. I mean, when people are going to church for a Wednesday night Bible study and, and they don't come home, that leaves me to believe that it's time for me to take up arms and protect my children, mm-hmm. that I could go to church with my kids, which should be a safe place for us, a place of sanctuary and that we could go there and never come home but isn't it sad that that the sanctuaries the places where we should be safe are the places that are targeted it's like you know we were talking a few weeks back jesse about the geneva convention and rules of war and all of that has gone out the window entirely i mean our entire civilized structure of how to you know have a proper war how to you know maintain arms and and decorum honor and on the battlefield is completely gone there is absolutely nothing left well i'm going to venture to say that dylan storm roof is not much of a um war person he was out for his own um agenda there and killing those people and his own horrible hatred and 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 the the horrible things that were festering in his heart well we see what isis is doing we see the way the russians are now prosecuting their war in syria i mean it, it it's the world has changed. It has changed drastically since, let's say, 1918. We're not allowed to talk about ISIS because that's painting Islam with one brush. And how dare we put all the murderers in a box with all the murderers? Well, you know, the interesting thing is the Russians, you know, we're supplying arms to the rebels in Syria, but not to ISIS, just to the good rebels, not the bad rebels. And Russia comes in and says, a terrorist, a terrorist. We're just going to wipe out everybody. We don't care who you're supplying. Russia's all like, we're going to just turn the sand to glass. No, they're they're very in favor of of the Assad regime. They're very in favor of, of propping up the the people who were on their side, and they saw the U.S. as destabilizing the the um, region as a way to take power away from Russia. And they sat back and they didn't do anything for a long time, and finally they're like, "All right, time for us to do something." And they're going in full bore, kind of like they did with Afghanistan. To be honest with you, that didn't turn out terribly well for them. Of course, it didn't turn out terribly well for us either. I'm I'm just at the point where I'm I'm afraid to go into public without a firearm. You never know. I mean, I was looking at um, shootings, this like list of shootings yesterday, and it was you know a lot of the mass shootings over the past like 15 years, and you know one of them was the shooting where Gabrielle Giffords was shot. Mm-hmm. I remember that. And you know it's listing of how they got their firearms and. The reality is a lot of these people go through the background checks and get their guns, and it just illustrates how that the gun control is, it's, it's like TSA, it's, it's safety theater, and really it's not making a difference when you look at the actual statistics of it all. Well, statistics can be twisted in many different ways. I mean, that's just one of the natures of the beast. <laughs> I... This last week I was listening to NPR and I heard a really interesting 
rundown on this. They they had someone who was obviously not a very pro-gun person, but he said if you look at it in context, uh, mass shootings are up three times, 300% over in the last 10 years. But overall gun violence, if you look at gun violence as a whole, it's down nearly 50%. And so the idea that gun violence is on the increase is simply not true. The other thing is, is that if you look at all gun violence, that includes about 60% of all gun violence is suicides, which probably has nothing to do with a gun. I was like, well, wow. Nobody used a knife or pills or a rope or anything they could have. Right. The, when, a, when life a, it sucks that bad, it a just, gun is just a more yeah. a more efficient implement to execute that desire. So let's take that out. So now you've got you know overall gun violence is down fifty percent. Half of the remaining gun violence is suicide. So that means that there's only one quarter real gun violence compared to decades ago. I mean that's that's a pretty shocking statistic to hear in in the context of. What is gun violence in America? And mass shootings are up, but overall, gun violence is drastically down. So what causes the difference? What is the difference between a mass shooting and gun violence as a whole? What's the difference between mass shooting at a college campus and 25 dead in Chicago last weekend? There's 25 guns involved in the 25 dead in Chicago. Well, 25 separate incidents. And there's a completely different mentality, right? Well, they go, oh, well, that was 25 thugs in the street. That's not a big deal. It's like uh, you you go to my hometown in West Virginia and there's a murder and it makes the front page of the paper. But here in Atlanta, there's a murder and you may not hear about it at all. In fact, there's 10 or 15 a night probably that you don't hear about at all. No, Atlanta's murder rate is not that bad. Usually, I mean, in the worst years, there's somewhere between 100 and 150 murders. And those are those are the high years that get a lot of attention. So we're talking about a murder in the greater Atlanta metro area about every other day. And, and that, those are in the worst years, the years where it makes, like, news that the murder rate is so high. I remember Minneapolis had this, like, they called it Murderapolis one year because there were 300 murders in one year. So you're not even averaging one. In the worst cities on earth, you're not averaging one murder a night. Mm, Detroit. Detroit. I, I, Detroit's I, bad. I still doubt that Detroit has 365 murders a year. I, I don't. I okay. don't. I've been there. I don't know if you've ever had the pleasure of no, driving through Detroit, but there's somehow there's graffiti in places that I'm not sure you'd have to be an acrobat to reach, <laughs> you know, and it's everybody else is driving by. And they're like, look at all this graffiti. And I'm like, how did they get up there? <laughs> it's just Spider-Man. You're real mean when you're drunk. <laughs> no kidding. Right. But, you know, Detroit has its own set of issues and. A lot of it's socioeconomic, where a lot of the plants shut down and people were left in poverty. And you see neighborhoods that were once thriving neighborhoods. I mean, Detroit used to be, like, one of the places to live. Mm-hmm. Well, not, maybe not Detroit, but, like, Gross Point was. Gross Point and um, a, lo- a lot of other places around the suburbs of mm-hmm. Detroit, especially on, on like, the, the northwest side. And now it's just run down and horrible neighborhoods and there's houses for sale in Detroit for three or four thousand dollars, and they'd be lucky to get it. They'd be lucky to get it. But anyway, we're coming up on our first commercial break, so stay tuned, and we'll continue this discussion after a word from our sponsors. And now back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug and Jesse King. 
Welcome back, everybody. When we took the break, we were kind of starting to dive into the, what's the difference between all of these murders that happen around the country and why don't they get the attention that a mass shooting does. And there, there's a psychological element. I mean, people are going to be more viscerally reacting to uh, a large incident than to a whole bunch of small incidents. Because remember what... Um, what Stalin said was that, uh, you know, a single death is a tragedy, a, a million deaths is a statistic. And there is sort of, you know, um, quantity has a quality all of its own. Well, it's also the way the media pumps it up. You know, there's a, a guy that's strangled to death in a, in a movie theater, say. And the media doesn't pick that up as much as the 14 people that are shot in a movie theater because it's more sensational. And the media likes that sensationalism. Well, there's also an agenda, and we have well, to recognize that there is a very strong agenda to try to push for something like common sense Australian gun stealing. And that was one of the things I read in the paper the other day was that one of our news. MSNBC. Was it MSNBC? Yes. News outlets. They were talking about they wanted to push for uh, common sense Australian style gun control. By the way, that's gun confiscation. Door to door. For those who don't understand what that means. To the point where you can't even get a lever action shotgun because it's too repeating. Wow. Yeah, that was that was a big one because uh, Chiapa came out with a copy of a 1887 Winchester lever action shotgun, and they're like, "Hey, look." This meets Australians' import regulations, so let's sell in Australia. Finally, you can have something in Australia that's not a double barrel because you can't have a pump. And so it, it totally circumvented the way their law was written. And Australia jumped on it and said, no, no, no. It, it, even though it's not against the law, you can't bring it in. And they're like, well, how can you sell us that it's not against the law, but we can't bring it in? And they're like, well, we're Australia. And that's really the way it came down. It just kind of came down to this. We just told you, you can't. We don't care. We'll pass the law later and worry about it. But right now, you can't bring them in. You know, when I worked in the shipping industry, I used to deal with a lot of international shipments. And I learned so much about shipping things into other countries that it's crazy. And every country has its own stupid regulations about what you can sh- ship in and what you can't. Uh-huh. And, of course, Australia has their own quirks about what you can ship in and what you can't. And it was an, a nut. I can't remember if it was an almond or a pecan you couldn't ship to Australia. But one or the other was on the list. And you couldn't ship wood into China. Yeah, well, that's because China's very paranoid about getting uh, insects that are wood-boring insects. They've had real issues. Eat all their bamboo. Well, they've they've had they've had like massive problems with uh, you know invasive species coming in through wood. So I can understand China's concerns. Um. We ought to stop shipments of plants from Japan, then. We've got about as much kudzu as we can stand here in Georgia. <laughs> oh, it keeps the hills from washing away. Yeah. Imagine if we had kudzu on our driveway, Jess. Oh, wow. We, somebody would actually be able to get up our driveway. What happened? <laughs> After last week's rains, we came home, and our driveway resembled the Grand Canyon yeah. <laughs> in some spots. So, you know, we, we're looking at these import regulations and, and what Australia did. Australia basically went door-to-door and just took everything from everybody. Now, has that cut Australia's death rate? Well, it sure didn't stop that mass shooting that happened over there in Sydney. Yeah. So, did it cut the death rate? No, I would say no. In fact, the study I read about Australia was... 
that the guns were all confiscated. And then the next few years after that, murder actually murder rates actually climbed. Yeah. So when somebody has it in their heart to kill somebody, whether they do it with a knife or with a rusty or a machete spoon. or a rusted spoon, they're going to do it. Yeah. So I mean, murder we, rates are not the best thing to look at for comparing to gun control, though, because like you said, people are going to if you want to kill somebody. Now there are there 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 are murders that happen in. Other situations, like during a robbery or something like that, but by and large, most murders are actually premeditated, plotted out because you hate somebody okay, to the well point their, that you want them dead. Their point was, even after guns are gone, the the rates of these instances that the that the left is claiming, we're going to stop murder, we're going to stop gun injuries, we're going to ban guns, and then they take all the guns away. And what happens then is the exact opposite of what they were planning. And there's a slight the rates climb. There's a slight uptick in murder, but there is a huge increase in what we call violent crimes. Things like armed robbery, burglary, assaults, things like that go through the roof. And why is Stabbings. that? Because people who can't defend themselves can't anymore. defend themselves, and it takes away the fear. I trust me. As in ten years on in criminal justice, either as a defense attorney, a prosecutor, or, or as a bystander. I have seen that people who commit crimes do not believe they're going to get caught. There's not a single client I've ever had who said, you know, when I got started, when, I, when we were planning to do this robbery or whatever, I was really afraid they were going to catch me and what the consequences were going to be. Never. Never once do they think they're going to get caught. No, they think they're going to get by scot-free with the money and that nobody's ever going to catch them. But they do think they're going to get shot. They plan around what places to rob that are not hard targets where they're not likely to get shot at. So they go, you say, well, that other store was a little bit closer to your house. Why didn't you rob that? And they we go, know. Well, you know that Asian guy, he's, he's got the 12-cage under the... Yeah. No way. Right. I mean, that, <laughs> so, yeah. that's exactly true. So they don't plan on getting caught. They do plan on getting shot. So if we increase the number of people who are able to defend themselves randomly throughout the society, it decreases the... It's kind of like locking up your bike, right? Right. Now, is it that hard to, to snap a bike lock? No. Right. So why do you bother doing it? Because it would be easier to steal one that wasn't locked. It keeps the honest people honest, is what it does. And there's very little temptation if you're if you're not if you're not purposed in your heart to steal a bike, but you see one that's sitting there completely unlocked, you might be tempted to take it. Now, if you're purposed in your heart to steal a bike, then even the lock isn't going to stop you. But it keeps the honest people honest. Well, the reality is, is when you put it in that bike rack and it's there with five other bikes, and yours is locked and three aren't. Which one's more likely to get stolen? Not yours. So I don't have to outrun the bear. I just have to outrun you. There you I go. mean, it's kind of the same principle, isn't it? Yeah, I, I imagine. So, you know, we need to have the ability to defend ourselves in a society. We need to have access to firearms that are capable of that. Now, you know, I don't know what kind of executive actions the president keeps threatening. This week has been kind of pins and needles week waiting for him to, to drop the hammer on whatever he's going to do. He's supposed to be, well... Did he go to Oregon yesterday? I'm, I'm not sure. There was families there that were refusing to meet with him because their statement was they didn't want the loss of their child or the injury of their child to be politicized. And I don't blame them because they're seeing the trend of how the, the left uses this for political gains rather than saying, 
wow, we're sorry this happened to you. Let us come comfort you. I'm I'm so sorry for anyone who has to go through a tragedy like that. I am so deeply, I mean, I'm sitting here looking at my kids, and I, I can't think of anything more horrific than the loss of a child. But on the same token, I wish, I just wish one family would stand up and place the blame where it belongs and say, if you had allowed my child to carry a gun, this wouldn't have happened. It's all your fault. Right. And even the guy that got up and and took seven bullets said that he will not be um, used for political gain. They're just to the point where they don't they don't want to be politicized anymore. Well, the problem is is it's going to be politicized. They're, whether you want it or not, you're going to get railroaded, and you can either stand you can up either against it. Pick a side, it. or they'll pick one for you. Exactly, that's how it works. So when you remain silent, they pick a side for you, and if it's better to open your mouth and decide which side you're on than to keep it closed is it any different than during the revolution i mean if you you say you know i don't like the british and i don't like what they're doing but i'm not going to say anything about it were you you know a patriot then were you a traitor i mean the question here is is you choose not to do anything aren't you picking the side of whoever has the bully pulpit yeah and and it's time that we make a stand. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that people go through these tragedies. I'm sorry they suffer. I'm sorry for them. From the bottom of my heart, I mourn for them. But the reality is that this has once again happened in a school, in a... Gun-free zone. Gun-free zone. And not a state gun-free zone. Ch- chosen the, from the school. The school had chosen to be a gun-free zone. Um, in fact, Oregon has campus caring. You know, we we read an article earlier this week about some economics professor out of Utah, I believe, who says now that students can legally carry firearms after going through a background check and passing a test in Utah, that he's not going to return to the college campus because he's afraid of the students. Good riddance. Well, that was my comment. But, you know, there's a deeper thing here, whereas we're, we're constantly under attack, right? And if if you don't capitulate, if you don't toe the line, then people will take their ball and go home because they don't want to associate with you. But when the, the moment comes, they're perfectly willing to stand behind you for protection. You know, all I can hear in my head is uh, don't the door hit you where the good Lord split you when that guy's like, well, we're not, I'm not going to teach you anymore. You know, I... I remember in law school, we were talking about torts in my torts class, and the professor said, well, what if somebody came in here shooting right now? What well, what would you do, Mr. King, if someone came in here shooting? And we were talking about in terms of liability and all this other stuff, and I was like, well, I'd grab McClurg right here and use him as a human shield. <laughs> that, human that, shield. <laughs> yeah, that got a whole I wasn't going to say anything else, but that got a whole bunch of, of weird looks, especially from poor Mr. McClurg. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, um, we're, we're coming up on a commercial break, folks, so stay tuned. We'll be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug and Jesse King. Welcome back, everybody. And when we took our break, we were discussing, you know, kind of the, the, the implications of taking a stand for what you believe in as far as firearms rights. And you know, we've seen the first segment, we talked about how the Christians were targeted. Now I'm kind of turning it to say that the gun owners are targeted. and They're, not, they're targer, targeting the bitter clingers. Yeah. 
They really are. And this, this was, I mean, we, they, if you listen to a man, he will tell you his bad intentions. Yes. Every time. And here we had at the very beginning of Obama's presidency him telling us who he thought were the worst people in society. And those were the people who believed in God and believed in firearms ownership and were willing to stand up for individual rights. And if you're a socialist, I don't think that there is anybody who is more despicable, hated, or despised than someone who believes in individuality. Well, I'm going to venture to say that Hitler would have had a, a heck of a time doing the things he did if the Jews had been armed. Well, you know, the first thing that he did in 1932 was remove arms. Disarm people. And, and, and yeah. I mean, there was a very famous quote where he says that our streets will be safer, our, our homes will be better protected. We, there, you will not have fear to walk through the night because we are having national registration of firearms. And that was the first act he did as Chancellor of Germany, practically, was to register all firearms. And then after the registration followed confiscation. And that's what we saw in Australia. Now, has Australia devolved into national socialism because they took the guns? Not really. But Australia has a population density that's much more similar to Alaska than it is to Atlanta. And I think that a lot of the, their issues are still bubbling to the surface. And without, and we see a continuing trend, right? Even with the importation of these lever guns, it's like, well, we'll figure out what the law is after we run into problems. If, if there's a problem, then we'll make a new law for it. Not that we have guiding principles that we stand by no matter what happens. And that is more the American way. We have a constitution. We have guiding light, bright line principles that we stick to. And then if bad things happen, then we weather them and we come through with our principles. At least that's the way it always used to be. We also have more laws on our books than any other country in the world each state has its own laws and the laws are in books and those books take up entire rooms at courthouses <laughs> and it's it's ridiculous because we're supposed to be the freest nation on earth but yet, well we're kind of the most regulated nation on earth i'm i'm going to disagree there i think law breeds freedom i i think that there a certain amount of law breeds freedom and then there comes a point where it becomes burdensome so we have to have a license to drive and we have to have a license to marry and we have to have a license to fish and we have to have a license to dig a well and we have to have a license to do anything we want to do. You give me an area of your life and I'll tell you how the government's regulated it. Well, that's that's true in some respects, but I still think that law in general leads us to more freedoms and by having regulations and rules in place that we understand how we're supposed to react in society but you're, you're right i mean there is a point where things take a different turn and i think that when we start to talk about when it becomes necessary for people to dissolve political bans that what we're looking at is already been laid out. I mean, we, we there. You're talking about what point has law become too burdensome? What point do we have where, where we are no longer really free? And I think that we've reached that point once in our country before, and we had an answer for it. Yeah, it was called a civil war. No, no, it was called a declaration of independence. <laughs> you know, and this was there. There was a really. If you give me a second, I'm looking it up because I want to quote it directly. But. Well, see, we were faced with what do you do when when your freedom's in jeopardy? And see, when they're talking about gun conf confiscation, that's where they've gone too far. 
Well, here, here's the quote I was looking for, all right? And thank you for, for helping me out there. But prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experience has shown that, <coughs> that mankind is more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than <coughs> by a to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. And I, I think that there was some great insight in Thomas Jefferson when he penned those words over 200 years ago, because it, it, there are evils. And you know what? Every single government out there, no matter how good a government is, will perpetrate evils, because governments are made by men, and men are evil creatures. Therefore, evil will abound. But it's better to suffer evils while evils are sufferable than to overthrow long-standing traditions over things that are light or transient, things that will pass. And as we say, this too will pass. Well, so will the Obama administration, and so will some of their you know, ideas on what gun control should be. This too will pass. But in the time when we start to talk about when is it too much, when is, has law become a, a usurper of freedom, is when it has passed beyond the point where things this too will pass when it becomes intractable forever and a continuing burden. And I see we also have issues where laws get passed that give people who were once discriminated against the ability to discriminate against other people. And so your rights are more important than my rights. Yeah, and that's just a, another facet of human nature, and people are like that. And we saw that at the founding of this country, too, because as soon as a one party took over, they started to enact laws that said the other party's views were treason and arrest people just for having views, even though we had a First Amendment. We had a First Amendment. We had the Second Amendment. We had all of the things in place at that time. Wait, you're not allowed to have opinions. Right. I'll arrest you for opinions. Yeah, and I mean, the, the Alien and Sedition Act was exactly that. I mean, it's a, kind of a blight on the beginning of our country that a lot of people don't know about, but these things happen. Was that a reason to completely destroy the government, though? Even though the government was doing something that was abominable and against its own founding principles? No. No. But the, the correct course of action was to fix it. And the correct course of action today is to fix this this mentality that we should give up our freedoms and become serfs to a government. And the only way to do that is to inspire individualism. And doing it to your neighbor is fine, but doing it to your children is imperative. And that's the problem that we have is people aren't teaching their children. Who teaches your children? Schools. And who runs the schools? The government. So and what's the, the, what does the government want out of your children? They want to brainwash them into seeing things from their point of view. And that's the reason you're not allowed to teach about Christianity at schools. But in third grade, they're starting public school, they're starting to teach them about the Koran and about which direction they have to face to pray. <laughs> Even real. Well, you know, I, I took world cultures in 10th grade in public school. My, my glorious one year of high school in public school, I, I took world culture. And I learned about Islam. I learned about Hinduism. I learned about Sikh. I learned about um, Taoism. And they covered Christianity for like a half of one class and got it all wrong. I mean, it was astounding. We spent a week on every other religion. We spent like an hour on Christianity. And there is a very strong, definite bias that is forming worldwide to keep Christians 
marginalized out of places of power, out of positions of authority. And it's kind of disturbing because, you know, you, you, there's outrage that Ben Carson says he doesn't think a Muslim should be president. But there's no outrage that saying that Kim Davis, because of her religious beliefs, shouldn't hold the office of whatever she is. Clerk of something or other. She's clerk of court. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. County, but it's become a litmus test, and and that's actually proscribed by the Constitution. You cannot have a litmus test on religion to hold a public office, and yet it's slowly becoming that way. Every other religion is fine. Christianity is not. Gun owners are are marginalized. They're portrayed as kooks and nuts, and that's the whole thing about the mental illness clause. Is they want to say that because you are afraid of your government that you're mentally ill, therefore you shouldn't have a gun. It's a self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Every time you try, try to work this, it's this, the exact same. And the reason I keep coming back to the Christians' argument is because what I see happening to the Christians is what I see happening to gun owners, just in a different manner, but the exact same form of persecution. Well, they want us to be afraid, and then when we are afraid, they'll paint us as crazy and take away our firearms because – that's what they're trying to do. The only the only fear that you're allowed to have is one that's satiated by your dependence on the government. But we need to learn to be rugged individualists again. We were a country based on rugged individualists. I mean, Henry Ford was born during the Civil War, and he was started and, and created the modern industrial revolution not not the industrial revolution coming out of england but the idea of modernization and the assembly line was created by a man who whose life went from the civil war through the great depression think of what all that man saw but he was an individual that changed the world you look at andrew carnegie and the steel mills you look at at all of the great captains of industry that arose out of america even even bill gates i mean bill gates did not get his startup money from the government he went and, and built something and created a, a, a monolithic monster, but my goodness, what did he create? The same way Ford created Ford Motor Company. Is it true that he stole that idea from Apple? I don't know. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I don't, I don't think he really built much of anything, Bill Gates. I think he kind of took an idea and ran with it. Well, Henry Ford took an idea and ran with it, too, because he, he didn't make the, somebody else's idea. Henry Ford didn't make the automobile. No, but Henry Ford made, made it huge accessible. innovations in making them more cost effective and making them more productive and, and and in the hands of every person, kind of like what Bill Gates did. I mean, that's I see a connection there. I see that these captains of industry were individualists who brought us into the future. Folks, we're coming up on a commercial break, so we'll be right back. Now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug and Jesse King. Welcome back, everybody. You know, this show has been a little different. We're talking about a lot of persecution globally and, and nationally as we look at gun owners being targeted, being singled out. And this idea that, you know, you either go along with the social collective or, or you're not in time with the modern society. And I think that it's time that we start to look more at some of these founding principles that came out of the Declaration of Independence and the way this country was built on the backs of great men that did great things. And it's time to do great things again and have people stand up and make a change. Why am I not allowed to judge all Muslims as being Muslims, but they're allowed to judge all gun owners as being gun owners? I hear that all the time. And I don't understand that because, you know, not all gun owners are blown up 
there's 300 million or you know whatever 300 million guns in america the best estimates is that somewhere between one third to one half of all households own a gun so if you think about that that means that of of all of the people in america there's probably about 150 million people who live in a gun-owning household or somewhere between 100 and 150 million and of those 150 million people who live in a gun-owning household we've had what 20 mass shootings so is that like one one thousandth of one percent do it and yet we're all we need to have confiscation if one one thousandth of one percent of of car owners did something would we ban all cars no if one one thousandth of one percent of all doctors committed malpractice would we end the medical profession no in fact malpractice runs what like 10 percent 12 percent Malpractice is there's way higher. Um, I wanted to say it was like 600 percent more likely to die from a malpractice than a gunshot wound. Right, but I'm talking which about ma- the- means Obamacare should be ended you know i saw some memes somebody made as we look at a percentage of you know how many doctors out there i would say that there's probably a good 10 or 12 percent that have committed malpractice in in a short period of time preceding this show and if you look at that i mean we don't ban the medical profession because of the actions of even 10 percent of doctors we don't ban cars because of the actions of of a few percent of car owners that cause accidents why would we ban guns for an infinitesimal percent of gun owners that commit crimes i mean it's ridiculous ridiculous every which way you look at it it's ridiculous but the real reason the 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 truth is is that there is another reason this has nothing to do with safety this has entirely to do with control and why are people afraid of gun owners why is the media afraid of gun owners why are the governments afraid of gun owners why is the Cobb county board of commissioners afraid of gun owners what makes people what why is this professor in utah afraid of gun owners what makes people afraid of gun owners who do not commit crimes I don't believe for a minute that people are really afraid of gun owners. I think that the media does whatever is is in the presidential regime's ideas to do. Well, we so, still saw calls for all sorts of action during Bush's presidency, and he didn't seem to have too much of an inclination to do anything gun-wise. So I, I think that well, there's Well, I mean, we still have moron groups like Everytown USA or... Any town USA or whatever it is, and Moms Demand Double Action. No, Moms Demand Double Action is a is a parody group that's making fun of Moms Demand Action, and the lady that runs that uh, Facebook page is actually pretty funny. I like her, uh, but yeah, Moms Demand Double Action. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I did too. But you know, we have those groups that that still say we need gun control, gun control, gun control. And during a Republican presidency, typically their voices are, are really small and barely heard, and and, and kind of like the Peanuts mom. You know? <laughs> oh, how, why can I understand what you're saying <laughs> now that we have a different president? Suddenly you speak English, right? It's because the president says, "Well, we need gun control." That's what he says, and I, and I don't agree. I don't think gun control is the answer to the problem. I think moron control would be the answer to the problem. But unfortunately, we can't stop them from breeding. Well, you know, it's kind of the Bible says the poor you have with you always. I think that, you know, there there is evil always. You can't overcome evil and bad things happen. This is just life. And if you think that you can make it so bad things don't happen, you're delusional.
It's just that's just the truth of the matter. And here we have a president who says, I'll protect you. I'll offer you safety and security. Just give up your freedoms. And that he's a liar. And it's like, you know, Hitler said, it'll be okay. You just register your guns and give up your guns. Well, first they came for the the Catholics, but I wasn't a Catholic, so I didn't say anything. Then they came for the trade unionists, but I wasn't a trade unionist, so it didn't affect me. I didn't say anything. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to say anything. Right. It's just, it's a sad world we live in, and, and we've got to be willing to stand up against it. And that's the reason GeorgiaCarry.org is so important. And you, you really need to take a look at joining, because if you want to be a member of something that's making a difference, this is a way to do it. If you go to www.GeorgiaCarry.org in the top left-hand corner, you can click Join Now. $20 a year, you'll be able to be, get all the newsletters and the information on what bills are coming up, who to call, who to contact, which senators need a nudge in the right direction, which governor needs to be told to to follow the law, all these sorts of important things that, that come up, and you'll have a direct line on where to be, when to be there. Plus, you know, you can come to the chapter meetings. It's another great way to sign up, get to know local people, get to hear about an interesting topic like NFA tr- trusts or how to defend yourself within the law from knowledgeable professionals like, you know, licensed criminal defense attorneys, www.kingslawoffice.net. Nice plug there, Doug. I try. And, <laughs> you know, you can go to the chapter meetings and meet people and have a good time of fellowship. You can also go to any gun show. If you go to a gun show, you'll find uh, there's always a georgiacarry.org booth there with people who are volunteering their time to help spread the word and get people signed up. In fact, they're going to be out next weekend at the um, Bluegrass Festival in Cartersville. Really? Yep. Well, I would like to go to that. I'm planning on going to that. I love me some bluegrass. I'm yeah. from West Virginia. How can you not love bluegrass? Cartersville's grass doesn't look terribly blue, though. It's, no. it's kind of brown right now and washed away. That's okay. The music will <laughs> still be fun. <laughs> so, I mean, there's festivals. There's opportunities any which way you can. 20 bucks a year, 500 bucks for a lifetime. Becoming a member is the most important thing you can do. Also, if you're listening to this show and you're listening on the <coughs> Internet... Well, you can listen on the radio station, 1160 AM, the talk of the town, but we would also like to be on your local radio station. So what you can do is send us a email to um, radio, radio. at org and tell us which radio station you would like us to be on, and, and we will try to get on that radio station. Yeah, re- reach out to the station manager. Tell yeah. them, I listen to your station. I listen to this show. I'd like to hear this show on your station. And then tell us who you talk to, and we'll follow up. We'll do the he- heavy lifting. You just let them know that there are people in their community who want to hear this, and then they will want to put the show on. And getting a syndicated show on your station is not very difficult. So we'll be happy to make the contacts, get it piped out to them, so that you can not have to waste all your bandwidth trying to get the show every week. So these are important things to do. I mean, become a member, help get the show spread around, talk to your neighbors, talk to your friends, talk to your children, start to rebuild the gun culture because we're under assault. We're under assault and from every direction that you can imagine. People have decided that they are afraid of gun owners and that they hate us. And the fear turns to hate and and hate turns to suffering and that's where we're going to be going next in this country is we're going to have a lot of suffering if people who are not able to stand up for each other defend their rights and defend each other from from evil and there is real evil in this world oh there is real evil in this world and if you turn on the news you'll see it he gets off of an airplane called air force one 
and my views do not necessarily reflect the views of torturecarry.org or its affiliates. You keep saying that, <laughs> but, you know, when the DNC becomes one of our major sponsors, I don't know. Uh, the um, DNC will never, you know, I reached out to Hillary Clinton for an interview. I know you did. <laughs> she did not even respond. Well, that's better than Bernie Sanders' interns who screamed, no, and hung up the phone on you. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm with a gun right No! Click. They didn't know what to do. They were afraid I was going to shoot them through the through phone. Shoot them through the phone, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I really, I really wish we could have got Bernie Sanders on here, though. I would have had a fun. I would have yeah. had so much fun. Well, we're working on some good shows coming up. I'm trying to get some interviews going. And, and we, Doug and I are personally working on a Halloween surprise. Yes. <laughs> yes, the Halloween episode this year is going to be phenomenal. With a cast of thousands and special effects that you will not believe. <laughs> you made them both jump. <laughs> we have the kids in the studio with us today because it's it's spring, fall, break. fall break. Yeah, who ever heard of that either? That's something brand new. Hey, the kids need a break every once in a while. It's hard to be in that classroom staring at that teacher all the time. I don't know. They're they're in a great school that actually teaches them good things and and allows. You know what turned me on to this school? What really got me going and as being a booster of this school, Harvest Baptist up in Ackworth. So allow you to carry your gun in? No, well, the thing the thing that got me was they sent home a note when John was in kindergarten that said, please do not be alarmed if you see teenagers walking into the school with assault weapons. We're having an airsoft day. <laughs> I love it. I was it. like, that's awesome. That is awesome. There we go. Well, we have come up to the end of the show this week, and it's been an interesting topic this week. Yep. So, folks, stay tuned. We'll be back next week. I think we're going to finally get around to our hunting show next week. So uh, we'll have some info on, on what you can do if you want to go deer hunting or any other hunting with your suppressor this year. Enjoy the weekend. Get out there. Make a difference. And uh, come back. Same bat time. Same bat channel. This has been GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug and Jesse King. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. Tune in each week for valuable information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, Saturday mornings at 8 on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.